global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are lower and little changed. The S&P 500 index down four points now at 2178, holding close to a record down two-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ down 16, a drop of three-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials down 34, a drop of two-tenths of one percent. The tenure up 230 seconds, yield 1.57 percent. Gold down 310, the ounce to 1336, a drop there of two-tenths of one percent. And crude oil, West Texas Intermediate up 102 a barrel to 42.82. That is a gain of 2.4 percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Speaking to more than a 1,000 people at an event hosted by the Detroit Economic Club, Donald Trump, Republican nominee for president, spoke about taxes, government regulation, as well as trade policy. Here to tell us more is David Malpass. He is the economist and also the founder of Encima Global. And David Malpass uh, is a now a member of the uh, Trump economic team, and he's here to tell us more. David, thank you very much for being with us. Hi, Pam. Happy to be on. Hope Kathleen gets better. Okay. Everybody will. It's not, nothing serious. Everything's good. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about uh, Donald Trump's uh, economic plan. And let's begin, if we can, with uh, taxes, because um, he's now aligned the income brackets with the plan that was proposed by Paul Ryan. That's different than his previous plan. Is that correct? That's right, as far as the brackets, but recognize the, the concept of the tax reform is to have a big change in policy to simplify the code and to uh, have the business taxes lower so that there's more investment. You know, the economy has been really underinvesting, so this is aimed at getting more growth, unleashing the economy. Um, so the, the focus on the exact tax brackets, recognize this is all going to go through Congress uh, in a lengthy process, uh, I worked on the 86 Tax Act, and it takes a long time to get Congress-oriented, get everybody working together, and cut a deal. Now, he's also proposed excluding child care expenses from taxation, as well as ending the estate tax, the carried interest deduction, and cutting taxes across the board. Is that all accurate? That's that's correct. Now the carried interest goes the opposite direction of the estate tax and the and the child care credit. Uh, just just as a note, right? But yeah. but other what where how are we going to fund? We didn't get any details about how the, all these cuts would be funded. And one thing he said too, uh, you know, that we've left out is the ten percent rate on money repatriated to the U.S. Corporations have a lot of cash abroad, and so that brings in some. But that. The, the focus of this is to have more growth within the economy. Uh, when Reagan did the Reagan tax cut in 86, there were, there was lots of criticism that it wouldn't work because it was, it was too big and it was scored as a revenue loser. Uh, but what happened was the economy got bigger. More people came into the labor force and it worked really well. So I'm happy with the way this, uh, uh, this was presented and delivered and received by the Detroit Economic Club. There, there, you know, there was a lot of clapping as he talked about changing policy. 
just so we understand, the um, Tax Policy Center uh, has concluded, this having to do with the middle class and tax cuts, says that the largest benefits in dollar and percentage terms would go to the highest income households. Is that uh, you at odds with the Tax Policy Center's uh, analysis? Right. Yes, I am. Uh, And here's why. When you grow the economy, what you'll do is bring in people uh, into the into the labor force that are getting excluded now. So the 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 biggest beneficiaries of a bigger economy are going to be uh, people that uh, young people, minorities, uh, people that have become discouraged with the with labor conditions, maybe people with lower skills. Uh, They're going to benefit hugely from this kind of a change. And so economists are going to, you know, try to do a kind of a static analysis of saying, if we apply these tax rates to the historical uh, kind of economy that we've had, it will only, it will benefit a certain group. I I really reject that as a as a tech a technique. I don't think it's valid or that you could do it accurately. All right, but then what would be the alternative process by which you would analyze it other than desire or belief? I think the best uh, metric is real median income. So what we know is over the last seven years, it's been going down, which is remarkable. I don't think we've ever had that during a recovery. So what we're doing now is arguably uh, the wrong policy because growth is so slow, 1.2% over the last year, and the real median income keeps going down. That's the, that's the you know, to, to, to define that for people, that means you've inflation adjusted the middle, the 50th percentile of the curve. And usually that goes up in an expansion. That's the whole point of economic growth, and we're not getting it. So my view is that this tax cut will will uh, cause a big or begin to cause a big increase in the real median income. That's what happened in the 1980s. That happened after Bush's uh, Bush 43's tax cut in 2003 as well. Is it possible that the addition of technology at such a breakneck pace? is one of the things that has changed the disposition of wage growth? Um, you know, it's possible, and people have all these theories about uh, uh, about there being secular stagnation or that robots are going to take over. My view is that the policies, the macro policies, are the wrong ones that are in place right now. And so it's too early to count the U.S. economy out. In fact, we shouldn't. But then why would – I'm just curious, David. So then yeah. why, why would you rely on that kind of assessment for this issue – but not rely on the same assessment for the issue of creating jobs in the United States or for many of the other uh, concepts having to do with how do you pay for all these tax cuts? You say that we're just going to grow the economy. I think people get it, but it's like you're using one set of analysis tools for one thing and another to understand the tax implications of cutting rates for people and companies uh, uh, i'm sorry i so i i missed the question that i think growth will cause more people to come into the labor force and will partially address the technology concern that that you were mentioning so what's the question again well just the idea that you know the analysis you're using on the one hand to look at job 
uh, and wage stagnation over yeah. the last however many years is different than the analytical tools that you're using to assess the implications of deficits because of tax reductions? Uh, no, I would propose using the same metrics. So over the last seven years, the real median income has gone down by $2,000. Normally it goes up in a, in a recovery or an expansion. So I think it would be entirely appropriate, and we should, uh, if this tax cut were implemented, you would want to measure it in terms of real median income, meaning does the average person feel that they're getting more wages and getting ahead of inflation? And that happened dramatically in the 1980s, then again uh, uh, less dramatically in the 2000s. And so, so it's going to be – it would be a major change in policy aimed at increasing living standards. Uh, do you buy this notion that the un- that the government's employment figures are manipulated? Uh, you know, the word manipulated is harsh. Uh, what I think is that lots of people aren't being counted in the labor force, so that tends to hold down the unemployment rate. So the true uh, labor environment isn't as good as what's reflected in the 4.9% unemployment rate. So I don't use the term manipulated. Uh, but what we can say is we have a system that doesn't fully count people that are getting left out. All right. Well, what, I didn't want to leave out one topic. I know you've had a lot, to, a lot of thought on this. Um, eliminating the U.S. debt. Uh, I believe that Donald Trump has said this could be done in eight years. Do you buy that? Uh, no, not so much. But what what the goal I think needs to be is to have stronger finances for the for the country. Um, right now, we're in this desperate condition where the debt is going up so fast. And you know, CBO projection is a tri- on average over the next ten years under current policy, the national debt would go up a trillion dollars every year. So it's completely out of control. So stabilizing the debt to GDP ratio would be would be a first step. And then what I've advocated is bringing that down, meaning debt relative to the size of the economy should be brought down substantially. You know, I've advocated uh, 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 rewriting the debt limit so that it restrains some of that uh, out-of-control spending that's coming out of Washington. I want to thank you very much, uh, David Malpass, a very insightful economist. He's also the founder of Encima Global. David Malpass, uh, a veteran of the Reagan as well as the second Bush administration, and he has been named to Donald Trump's new economic team. Donald Trump making those proposals about reducing the number of income tax brackets from seven to three and other economic issues in a speech in Detroit at the Detroit Economic Club. This is Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, and this is Bloomberg.